Welcome to Level Up, a podcast for independent artists navigating the Asian music industry. I'm your host, Giselle Cole. I'm a music journalist, the founder of Platform Asian Pop Weekly, and an all-around Mandopop nerd. Join me in taking control of your career as an artist, and I'll show you how to make the most of it. Hey guys, welcome back again to the Level Up podcast. As we continue our little segue into the topic of mental health uh, for independent artists, we wanted to also take things from the perspective of an artist themselves and ask them a little bit about the mental health challenges they might have had in the past and also how this interacts with their artistry and their creativity and also, you know, their position as a business person if, you know, they're trying to make music a sustainable business for themselves. So this week, I invited my friend and singer-songwriter Marcus Lee to join us on the podcast Marcus is a Singaporean singer-songwriter who has actually been um, in the industry for quite a while at this point. He first uh, gained visibility when he participated in a reality singing competition when he was still in school, but his passion for music allowed him to continue uh, pursuing this dream, and he recently just released his latest album, For You, I Can, uh, 100% independently, and seeing him and like chatting with him previously about the journey that he's taken and seeing how open he is about his mental health struggles in the past and um, I felt that he was the perfect person to invite onto this podcast and have this wonderful conversation with us about what it means to be an independent artist in this day and age and how mental health um, like a good foundation in your mental health can really help you on this journey. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Hi, Marcus. Thank you so much for joining us on the Level Up podcast. Um, before we start, do you want to quickly introduce yourself to our audiences? Oh, sure. Hi, Giselle. Uh, my name is Marcus and I am uh, I'm an independent singer-songwriter and I mostly um, release songs in Mandarin, yeah, so in Chinese. But today we're going to do an interview in English, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I know English is like your first language, so that's not going to be a problem for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just wanted to um, talk to you about the topic of mental health um, in, and the intersection with artists, because I think this is something that uh, isn't really talked about so much in Singapore. But I think it's something that's very important, especially for all the budding artists out there, because I think it's a very important part of any artist's foundation, right? Your latest song, if I'm not wrong, called I Don't Want to Be This Way. And it's actually about your challenges with mental health. So I wanted to start by asking, like, what was it that inspired you to write this song? Mm. Uh, I think in the first place, I, I wanted to write, uh, in terms of my music, I was kind of releasing a lot of songs about, like, uh, about love, you know, mm-hmm. and the different um, challenges and the different, um, the whole process of love. Yeah, but I always wanted to, to, to write songs that are about, like, social issues. So one of the issues that are quite like close to my heart is about uh, mental health. So I had this tune uh, where I had like uh, um, the chorus kind of went like, yeah, something, something, something. And then no, even the demo, like when I was like just mumbling certain things. Yeah. So really I had this concept of like, I wanted to to depict like um, the inner struggles of um, of a person because I realized a lot of times like, like the song lyrics, it, it goes like, yeah, 
is like, yes, sometimes we, we, we can have like moments where we are like, we, we would encourage ourselves to be like hyping ourselves up, you know, but there are a lot of moments where we will also like uh, be quite uh, self-derogatory. So, um, and these things, these two thoughts can happen at the same time. Yeah. And it sometimes it's very hard to like even, even articulate it. I think at the end of the day, this, this song's message was to say yes to positivity, say no to the negativity, but not just to say no, but to acknowledge it first. Yeah. Because I think that's like the first step. Yeah. So that's why the song is called, I don't want to be this way. I don't have like a specific like incident, but I think mm-hmm. it's like in, in terms of like a generic sense of like how I've been like dealing with, with, with issues of like self-doubt, uh, maybe overthinking. Right, yeah. right. Um, with identification, you brought up like a very important point because as that being like the first step and I feel like not everyone has, you know, you have the yes moments and you have the no moments, but I know that some of those yes moments you created yourself to like keep yourself staying positive and things like that. Whereas some people don't really even know how to do that when they get into like those negative hit spaces. So I think that's like really awesome. Um, I also wanted to talk about, cause I know that other than being on this mental health journey and being very open about it, you've also been an independent artist for like m- probably like most of your career. Right. Um, so I'm sure that there have been many opportunities along the way. Uh, to work with labels and all that kind of thing but what was it that really like um, inspired you to continue working as an independent artist I think people maybe would have the the desire to like okay I want before I put out a lot of my music I want to secure maybe a collaborator or like a label to work with but for me when I started uh, the decision to be independent was more out of like um necessity in terms of like I wanted to release music ASAP I think um, being independent definitely gives me that freedom and also the um, in, in terms of like leveraging time la. yeah so I think I for, for me it was more of like uh, I, I did it out of a need and I think along the way um, going about it um, yes it's just challenges in terms of like the practical aspect but also in terms of like the mental aspect also without um because I guess when you're in a label, you also have a team. So maybe mm-hmm. without like a team behind, sometimes a lot of the um, decisions are made solely on me. La. So in a sense, like the pressure is, I, I do feel some the, the pressure a lot of the time. Um, and I think how I deal with that is probably um, to be very open with how I'm feeling. And also um, I think along the years, maybe at the start, I wasn't able to, be very like I wasn't I just wasn't able to like articulate a lot of the in the the, the, the things right. that was going as time went on I think uh I was able to learn uh, how to identify different thresholds yeah just noticing certain behavioral patterns yeah whether like True. sometimes it's just even like uh the quality of my sleep yeah these things also like can can tell me like my body also will tell me true yeah um, and would you say that's like been very important that journey for your mental health in terms of helping you to make your independent career like sustainable? Because for me, I feel like why why I think um, like mental health is so important for musicians to understand is because at that point in time when like you don't have a team, you need to be very like secure in yourself. You need to be able to tell yourself when 
where your limits are, like when you need to like stop and rest. Because if when there's no team around you, there's no one to tell you what to do. Like you just, you might just keep going and going and going and like burn yourself out, you know? And that's like, um, that's a big challenge. But at the same time, like the whole point of this podcast is that I feel um, there's a lot of value in being independent, in learning h- how to do things yourself, because then you're like more versed in all the decisions that you may have to make, or maybe your label might have to make in the future. So yeah, going back to the point, like, do you, do you feel that it was really helpful for you? Yeah, I think, I think you said you, you, you like, yeah, you're spot on in, 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 in saying like how, how important this, like, um, taking care of one's mental health, because um, first of all, from a KPI point of view of like, of, of like trying to achieve things, like, mm-hmm. I think it's very important also to know, um, where you're at, knowing your limits and also to know that like, we are all like on a learning journey. I think for me also, that's, that was a, that was a important to like, like a self note, you know, like even True. though I was releasing music, I think I was also quite clear. I think also I, 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 I did have this, um, did have this mindset when 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 I first started um releasing music it was that like I might not have the perfect plan but you know what I'm just gonna go ahead with my plan and I'm going to refine refine my plan along the way because mm-hmm. uh, um yeah I can't guarantee you so in terms of results as well maybe I have certain projections but I might not be able to fulfill them but I need to know also like why I didn't fulfill them and mm. I think being able to like differentiate all of these things um would also like help in terms of like trying to deal with with these expectations la. yeah mm-hmm. because as you mentioned a lot of all these burnout and stuff is like you keep going but you don't know where to stop or you don't know where right. um your first in, them, uh, in terms of like just like output you don't know when to to uh when it's enough and also mm-hmm. you don't know like um how much to achieve before you can like stop so I think it's it's a both it's it's both ways. You need to see where um have manageable expectations and also be able to like have like that physical or like mental like rest as well. In the mm. Like there was a period of time where I also decided to go for therapy. Yeah. So I think um I never ever expected um myself going for therapy, to be honest, because um even in going in, in pursuing um, this journey on doing music, um, I thought I was quite secure. I thought I was quite safe because I had um, very close friends around me. I had like uh, mentors around me who I can, um, that I often confided my feelings or my, my emotions with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, really think about therapy as a first option, but I think um, somehow um, talking to different friends and then they all somehow like mentioned therapy at the same time so i decided okay maybe um this was last year like, mm-hmm. it was a new year and uh in 2021 i wanted to do something new and i i was i and you know wh- towards the end of year uh reflecting about like the past year i realized that okay you know i have some of these like negative thoughts like what i was uh like what i was sharing just now like some mm-hmm. of these inner things that i wanted to deal with better so I decided to try out therapy and I think seeking professional help, even though um, maybe I was not, di- I wasn't diagnosed with anything like um, quote unquote serious, but I, but nonetheless, I still felt, I still felt that like um, the whole process was very helpful. And I learned two things. I think I can share two things. Awesome. Really, really, one thing was um, to um, 
practice um, being grateful, thankfulness, or like gratitude. Mm-hmm. And the second one is um, knowing things that I can control versus things I cannot control. Yeah. So I'll elaborate first on the, the first point. The first point on, on practicing like thankfulness, that really helps put a lot of the achievements into perspective. Because yeah. when I'm like, a lot of times it's like, even whether, I think at, at, at any point of, of uh, one's career, there's always another um, thing that you can. Yeah, it's, something else um, that you're, you, you're reaching for, something else you uh, want. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you, you can be like, okay, you achieve this, but hey, it's, there's, there's the next thing, there's the next thing, there's the next mm-hmm. thing. So I practice like, you know, to be, to be, to be grateful, to be thankful for, for it. It helps me to like celebrate that first win. And I think that's very helpful in like um, being able to put, put, give yourself some credit because yes. that gives you you to go on to the next thing. And also helps you to like finish and like, you know, process that yeah. uh, achievement. Like for myself, like doing, um, um, if, uh, just releasing my album was like maybe a big thing, but maybe in the grand scheme of things, it's like, oh, it's the beginning. But I think I needed to spend a lot of time also to, celebrate that and i think of even course. right now i'm still in the process of that because i'm like oh man I, i'm not doing enough but like I, I i still need to remind myself that oh you really did it was not it was it was no mean feat you know it was uh it was a good well good job well done and For uh, sure. and, and that um mm. only, only only when i process that then i mm. can continue to yes uh, the second point on like uh um just be able to differentiate what I can control versus what I cannot control. It's also very interesting because a lot of things, you know, if it's not in our hands, maybe it's like in the, maybe the decision or like um, the, it's, it's in some, it's in like maybe your audience or like, you know, yeah. um, someone else, like a, a collaborator you're working with. These things are not something you can control. You can control like, your your actions and maybe your response to other people's actions. So mm-hmm. I think when I go to like differentiate this, then I also put less pressure on myself, you know, mm. to try to achieve or, or try to change or try to do everything. Yeah. So I think these two things are quite, uh, are quite good handles that I took away mm-hmm. from like um, a professional help, you know, yeah. some, someone able to like, um, take my case and also like to 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 see it from like a uh, unbiased point of view because i think sometimes you know when you talk about like friends and family um maybe they also have like blind spots or they also, sometimes as a i mean personally also for me as a friend maybe i might not be in a position to speak that directly yes for certain yeah yes. so sometimes maybe hearing it from a third party it's really like unbiased and for them they also have a lot more insight towards a certain issue mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. I think I would recommend I would recommend um, if you can um, and I, I, of course I think a lot of people first is like the stigma or like the, the cost but I think the way I see it is like investing in yourself time and also of course money you know in, mm-hmm. in yourself yeah um, it was it was worth it lah yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. I think um, in Australia, like the perspective is very different to in Singapore because for example, like as just as part of the basic healthcare that like every Australian person gets, they get like 10, 
therapy sessions and like you should use it up right i mean that's why it's there for to encourage you to take care of your mental health whereas here i i feel that people still see it a lot more as like um just a touch and go thing like oh when you're like really really depressed or like actually maybe clinically depressed or something like that that's when you should go and seek help um and it's maybe once you get better after like a couple sessions then it's done but i don't think that it should be seen in that way of course i understand that like um money is one thing like it's not cheap in singapore especially to have long-term therapy sessions but as you said it is about investing in yourself and um i i totally understand where you're coming from when you're talking about like how um it's dif- you you feel it's different from like getting help from your um family or your friends because for example these these other friends if they're also artists they might be in the same situation as you and yes they can relate to you and what you're going through but they might not even have found a way to manage those emotions in the best way possible for themselves so you m- maybe just kind of be like circling and circling or like just it might even turn into like a complaint session which doesn't actually really solve anything where i think that's where like and and family as well like they are not in the industry and maybe they might not have the time to really understand every step of the way what you're going through as well so in that sense i think um therapy is really um a very 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 good and efficient way for you to continue on your journey like continue and and always and constantly get feedback on like how you can be better how you can um take better care of yourself um and it was also really interesting when you shared those two points that you learned because when i spoke to the music therapist um asami in our previous episode we i actually gave her some points that i thought okay like in these are some situations that um artists frequently face so it was maybe like you know financial instability like complete reliance on ourselves blah 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 like a couple of these kinds of things um and so she gave me feedback based on that but i also i also think that it these two points that you gave me is actually pretty different from what she was what feedback she was giving me or what i was telling her so i think it's really great to have your perspective on that and definitely being grateful is and and like knowing what you can control and what you can't control is very important like not only for artists but also you know for just people <laughs> yeah so I, I i wanted to go a little bit backwards and talk a little bit more about why you um were inspired to you know go on this uh journey where you you felt like you needed uh therapy because were there any like particular like milestone challenges or like experiences as an artist that really made you realize that okay i need to do something or in general just like you know made you realize the importance of taking care of your mental health let me go back a little bit Mm -hmm. i think um yeah i think at the end of uh 2020 that was when covid first started right yeah and then um i think that was also 2020 was also a year where I kind of like was starting out releasing more music. I released my first single in late 2019. Then 2020 was like executing some of the plans. And because of COVID, a lot of my plans kind of like got shelved or I had to like, you know, rehash them. And the whole process of doing that and preparing, it was the lead up, preparing to to, to release more music, to release the album eventually. Um, I think a lot of the times I found myself um, in that situation that I was explaining before, like 
I felt like I was doing every, at every juncture, at every release, I always felt like I was not doing enough somehow. And I always like beat myself up for it. I was I would always wonder like what else could I have could I have done it better and like what I needed to do. And I, I wouldn't like um like what I shared just now, like you know, I think that was to be like the ideal situation where mm-hmm. I celebrate small yep. wins and stuff. I think in 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 my thought process was always like um I think first of all, maybe the context of me starting music is also quite important because um for me, my first um when I decided to do music, it was after I graduated from university. So um and I didn't study music. So um and I I, I was uh twenty-five when I did that. So mm-hmm. I think for that the whole like the context in which I started created some insecurity for a place on myself or some expectations placed on myself. Firstly, like, you know, I decided to pursue something that's different from my, uh, from what I was studying. And second, also, I felt like compared to maybe artists that have come before, I was starting at maybe at a later time. So I felt like I needed to, um, I really need to use my time mm-hmm. very wide. Uh, but because of this, then I think a lot of like expectations were like came about or like was yeah right. I started put a lot of these on myself mm-hmm. and uh, I wasn't really um, right now I can articulate it because and and I, I because I've already been through that process but at that point of time I didn't realize that this was taking such a big toll I thought this was like you know having all these expectations were um, were normal mm-hmm. or like this is what is expected of me like right. I, I can't. I can't rest. I I think there was a period of time also where I told myself like I can't go out. You know, I I should I punished myself mm. by not going out to have fun on weekends or like when friends would go out for drinking. I was like I can't do it because I it's my time to suffer. I remember I had these thoughts like in my mm-hmm. in my in my head, and um, I realized they were wrong, but I didn't really like know how to like deal with this whole thing. Yeah. So. That also, and 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 somehow, um, so my inability to handle that, plus also the fact that like I just heard different friends also sharing about their own therapy experiences or sharing like, oh, I have a friend who's a therapist that's doing this, 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 this. So like I piece all the things together. That gave me the, the, the the first like motivation. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first to like you know to to even consider consider it that was like where I was at like and, and also like in 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 uh at the end of 2020 I knew that 2021 was going to be a challenging year so I think I had a bit of foresight in that and then I decided to like maybe I I need to do myself <laughs> so that's why I, I I even like got started um I didn't really feel the stigma lah. I think mm. um Personally, I didn't feel um, 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 that, but I did. I was worried about like what other people would think. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't tell my parents. So if my parents watch this, then okay, because yeah, it's a bit awkward. I didn't really want to have to like, yeah. explain the situation thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but I mean, friends, yeah. My friends, um, when I when I said that you know I'm going for therapy, I realized that. Actually, um, a lot of the other people are also trying to go for therapy. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a bit of like a, when you start the conversation and then you realize that everyone's the same. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think, I find yeah. It, I, I find 
quite like uh quite encouraging as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think definitely for me, like talking about stigma, it's it's something that you can't see, like it's intangible, and sometimes you don't feel that it's there. But in, for example, you feeling like you don't want to talk to your parents about it, or maybe even like the structures, the way that society is structured at this point in time, I think the the stigma does exist, lah. But of course, within your like your close circles with your friends, you should feel comfortable to talk to them about this kind of stuff. But I like what you said about how um, when you opened up about it other people also opened up about it. And that's what, I think that's how you like start the, those conversations because for example, I also, I, I see a psychologist regularly just, just because, and when I started talking to my friends about it and just sharing openly that I've been, and then they're like, Oh, so how can I like, you know, how can I start as well? Because I see that it's really helping you. So yeah, I think it's really important to at least, you know, start from people that you're comfortable with and like be open with them because I feel that with friendships, um, you have to you have to be open with them. If not, you can't you know you can't make that friendship closer. You can't really be sharing parts of your life with them, and they don't they don't know you the way that you would like them to know you. So I think it's very important for any relationship to be like more open about these kinds of things. And I'm glad you have that space for yourself as well. Yeah, I mean, on that is like you know you have a when you share something deep, and that that would. Yeah, DNM, <laughs> deep and meaningful conversations, <laughs> and that that will also like um be a indicator also to the other person to like oh, okay I can talk about this maybe yes you don't get it started then yes. no one knows where, how much to say or what to say exactly yeah. exactly and sometimes you just have to take that first step and I think yeah. more so in Singapore or like in Asian countries than other places because. Like, as I said, there is a little bit of a stigma of talking about these kinds of emotions, like more complex emotions in your daily routine or even just with friends that I feel anyway. Like, for example, in Australia, I think, for example, like if you're at the office and then someone's like, oh, how are you? And then you're like, oh, like, you know, I've had a bad day. And then they will actually like be like, oh, how like what? And they'll ask, like, ask you about it, even though they're not like close friends or something like that. That's just how things work so i think there's a very different like there's a very different approach to how these things work um in different societies whereas here like i don't know i feel that you wouldn't necessarily be encouraged to talk about those things um because people don't just like randomly ask you how are you and expect you to reply them with like what's been going on in your life so yeah i think that's yeah yeah, I think that was also the reason why I really wanted to. Um, I think when when um for me like songs and stories are all um conversation starters also. So I really wanted to get this conversation going to participate in this. Um, maybe you can say it's a movement, mm-hmm. or like, but uh, in the conversation, uh, yeah. And I and and releasing the song like uh when I did uh, I don't want to be this way. The song about uh like mental health and the the whole the whole journey of that. Um, that opened up quite a lot of like doors and a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. to like talk about um, this issue. Then I realized that like whether it's like friends or like you know my my followers, like if I didn't release this song, I wouldn't have this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't be having uh, this conversation with me right now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know that I would yeah. that this something in my heart. So I I think like mm-hmm. um 
Now that, that that was definitely one of the things that I I I I I thought about when when I was like uh when I was I was writing I was like it was a bit scary also because like okay if I put out a song like this then it's like it means that I need to be very open and very transparent and then it's like oh um am I am I allowed to be so vulnerable or or is it very good for my image that kind of thing mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think after a while it's just like I think you just think too much so it's too yeah. Me also overthinking. Yeah, you just need to give yourself permission to be open. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's very admirable that you are talking about these issues because another thing that I talked about in our last um, interview uh, with the music therapist Asami was that sometimes artists use their platforms to talk about these social issues. And she was saying that actually, like, you know, it is quite takes a lot of energy and it might actually be quite triggering for artists to be talking about uh, these vulnerable issues or for example like um, trauma that they've been through in the past Um, so she was actually saying like from her perspective she was like this should not be you know put on the shoulders of artists like they shouldn't have to you know be ambassadors for like you know social justice causes and things like that because they already um, tasked with so many other things like you have to be the person putting the music out you have to like manage your own public image all these kinds of things but I one one thing that I responded to her was that I think um, some some artists such as yourself like it just it very naturally falls in step with like the rest of your process in um, wanting to share these stories and wanting to be part of these causes. So in those situations, then it works. But obviously if you're just using it as a gimmick, then you're going to get like hurt in the process, right? Like just using mental health or like, you know, your trauma as a way to market your product. That's not, that's not going to work. And it's going to be very, very um, tiring for yourself. But I wanted to ask, like, when, as you were taking all these interviews and talking about these things, do do you feel that it was, like, um, uncomfortable for you or, like, tiring? Or, like, did you have to, like, take some time off or anything like that? Or was it, like, pretty okay for you? Pretty smooth? Personally, it was pretty okay. And Mm -hmm. I think, as I mentioned, like, the fact that I was able to, like, conduct not uh, I'm not conducting, but like to 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 engage in these conversations even at this level, show right. me like the certain like maturity of thought. Ah, I like, see. Growth. Yeah, so it was a it was an indicator for, for for me to be able to like to like that. Of course, like I think before taking up or like going on to um whether it's like you, I was mentioning the the workshop or like taking up interviews or even like sharing um personally also my stories i think i had to go through my own process also to like um to like make sure that at least i found some kind of like conclusion or like some kind of like there's never like a conclusion or so in some mm-hmm. sense, but maybe at, at, at the best of my ability at this point of time i have i have already found some kind of like peace towards the situation and because of that i'm able to talk about it i think if you're in the mm-hmm. process of 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 still finding peace or finding like stability in terms of like your inner inner life or that or like or like True. that condition, then yeah. I think wouldn't be advised to to be so open about things as mm-hmm. of yet. Yeah, but well. you were just in a in a right state of mind to like take this challenge on, and in doing that, that was actually a, a an achievement for you as well, right? Because it showed you that you can do this, you can have these conversations. I also think I also think the the fact that maybe um what I'm hearing sometimes like 
as you as you mentioned um, about your previous conversation with the music therapist, like some of these things can be like quite stressful or can bring up trauma. I think some of these things um, also, yeah, they need to first they need to be processed, and second is also like you know this idea of being an ambassador. What does that mean, right? Mm. Does an have to have it all together all the time, have to be perfect. So all these th- thoughts are also like kind of like self-inflicted as well. Yes. Uh, so if you're better, so sometimes you might not, might not have it together. Maybe um, for the interest of your own own self, maybe you would not take up a certain thing or you might not want to say, or you would be want to be okay to say that you're not okay. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the cl- phrase, right? It's okay to not be okay. Not be okay. <laughs> Unless, unless you're portraying a certain thing, but you know, how how much of that is true? How much of that is 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 really what you feel? So I think it's also, I'm I'm like kind of like begging the question, right? It's like what what does it mean to be uh, an ambassador for mm. a certain cause? For do you have to be perfect? I think that maybe in terms of societal's um, society's point of view is that yes, if you say that you are champion for this for that, mm. you have to all together but i don't think that's the case a lot of yes times. yes for and sure because of, that, because of those pressures to be i won't say be accountable per- it's be like, perfect yeah, yeah. i see that, i see that is where um there's like unhealthy expectations set already so i think mm. if that's what society is placing on 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 let's say in the, the artist or like the team or whatever then i think then it is also the team or the artist's artists <laughs> the artists uh, prerogative to like deal with these expectations or so and like mm. be able to um to 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 maybe address this either publicly yeah. to their friends or to mm. or, or maybe personally to to like deal with this um for sure things. so yeah, yeah i i think this is a very important important point you brought and an important question as well like what does it mean to be an ambassador for something and personally i feel like i feel like every artist is different that's why like they should all have their own paths some of some may choose to like talk about these issues some may not um but i think that it's really about renegotiating like with yourself what does it mean and how is this going to sit right with you and how it, how important do you feel it is for you to be part of this cause and I think everyone is at different places in their journey and um, seeing different uh, impacts on it so I think that's something that every artist has to think about for themselves and really come to as you said not a like final conclusion but they need to come to some kind of like consensus about um, whether or not they are actually truly ready to do this and um but so going off of your point then for example when you are um reaching those triggers like do you have i think it's really about awareness right it's about like knowing when you are like going about to reach your breaking point and then you're like okay like i have to do something about it do you for you like how do you um when you're approaching those triggers how how do you manage that? Like, how do you manage um, to like mitigate the situation so you don't just like you know have a breakdown or something? Right, right, right. I think for for me, I think what I mentioned like the those two points. Yeah. So, um, but before I can even like, of course, uh, have that, I also need to like reflect and also try to like process what am I exactly feeling. Yeah. So I think a lot for me is like I like to articulate this, this, my emotions. And when I actually 
them out. Um, I kind of like figure out along the way. I kind of get light bulb moments like whenever mm. I talk. Yeah, so I do have um, friends that I talk about it. Or um, another way is also is that I journal or I write. I write things out. And as I'm writing, because um, in the process of like writing, I'm also like thinking about what to write. And then um, mm-hmm. it's just, as I'm talking or as I'm writing, I would get like epiphanies of like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. And this, yep. this feeling to this. Then it's like, okay, I, I, I see why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, um, of course, having those tools and handles, I will mm-hmm. apply them. And um, I think an- I think another thing that I mentioned just now is also about my body. So I think sometimes I might also feel, um, an- and this is something that I realize is quite uh, prevalent in terms of like people suffering from mental health conditions is that um, when you have like certain maybe uh, negative thoughts, it might also lead to um, your physical body also being affected. Or it will it would show in physically as well. Yeah. So sure. a lot of people said that like in terms of like their mood, in terms of like their sleep, or in terms of just like their their um they just feel tired all the time. Mm-hmm. Or, like, or like fall sick. Mm. Yeah. So uh for me I haven't had a, personally I haven't reached a stage of like I, I fall sick, but I think I would notice that like I would not be getting like quality sleep. Or I noticed that I would feel a lot more tired than I would usually do. Like maybe, for example, I'm doing like a certain task, like maybe recording and like maybe, um, so I know like how much it requires for me to do that. But maybe uh, a certain day, like, you know, it's like one of those days where I'm not mm-hmm. so good. It becomes like a much more daunting task. Yeah. So when I have a comparison, then I know like, okay, maybe this so tells me that mm. okay, I feeling this way. Yeah. I need to take a break. Mm. Yeah. I mm. got to clear whatever I need to do and I just <laughs> got to like take a break. Yes. Yeah, like, I think like being able to uh, um, uh, put that into your schedule because I think there's something also I maybe practically something I learned also is that like um, putting rest you know into in, into my schedule yeah like other than putting in like meetings or like yeah. I need to do this that was was also something that was helpful. So I think um yeah, just I, being able to identify the triggers, I think is very personal things. Um but of course like even as I share maybe some people will relate to it also. Of course. Um, about like when that's why the conversation is important when you hear um different perspectives and then you see what like kind of works for you. I mean yes. all these also from hearing other people, hearing seeking help, or even like you know, um, uh, going through it myself. Also, yeah, I, 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 you, you can. There's, I think right now there's a lot of information also available, which is the good thing. Yeah, uh, because um, I think this whole topic of mental health is being discussed a lot more uh, today. Mm-hmm. Also, because the stressful world we live in now, yeah, the digital realm is quite uh, unforgiving a lot of times. Whereas mm-hmm. an artist, like even as a normal person. Yes, yeah. thanks so much just, for sharing. Yeah, that was really um, it was a really really nice to hear your perspective on that because I also never really like thought about it from from that perspective about how you like manage and but I definitely think like learning to put rest in your schedule also for me <laughs> that was something that I learned yeah. in like the last year because like 
recently like i mean pre- previously i didn't really like do that i was just like okay i just need to work, 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 work and then i realized like okay like sometimes you just need to just like drop everything and just like take a break and then come back to it you know so um thanks so much for sharing that and i also wanted to go back to your point about um you know how as artists you have to stay vulnerable and open at all times because um that's how you connect with your audiences and that's how um that's that's like the best way to tell your story because if you're not being genuine if you're not being authentic then people don't you know like they there might be some backlash basically um so i wanted to know a little bit more about like how do you manage to stay vulnerable and if there are times where you feel like okay like maybe do you like block out time for yourself or how do you set your boundaries in order to manage um your vulnerability and your public image <laughs> yeah maybe okay of course like when i prepare for like maybe a one and like a like a copy or like when yeah. i prepare like story um actually i don't really think about preparing myself i think it's mm-hmm. also at a point of like um one thing to share certain thing i think i would already ask myself like am i comfortable to share um to share this information mm-hmm. and how comfortable would i be to have this um you know i would <laughs> my barometer would be like okay if this were like translated into like a an article and then everyone would have access to read it would i be okay with that Mm. And I think if I'm okay with that, then I can talk about it. <laughs> so I think internally, before I make the choice to like maybe write something or publish something, I am already accountable to like myself and my emotions. Mm. And like maybe not even just my emotions because sometimes the story is not just myself, right? It's like the other person also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is in regards to like whether it's like love or whether it's like sometimes it's Sometimes it could be a mental health condition or maybe a certain situation they're in. Mm-hmm. You also want like, certain privacy of mm-hmm. the other person. So I think I'm also like, I think these are things that I, uh, you can say, is, it, is this a checklist or is it an internal thing? That yeah. I do be- it's like before. a filter maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. before like I say anything out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even before I'm, I'm like writing about the, or like preparing like the the press release or whatever that like before that is done i've already like gone through this like thought process yeah yeah okay yeah. okay that's helpful actually i never thought about it from that perspective but i guess we live in like a very digital age now so like everyone's thought process is based on like okay i finished this song and like i'm prepping to like release it um to the world and then that's when you start thinking about these things. So that's really, that's really cool. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, thanks for asking also, because like, I didn't realize that I, I, mm-hmm. I was going to, I was doing right. this also. Yeah. This I mean, I, this is new to me. This is like totally new to me, but I think it's important for um, artists to also be aware of just because you have a public image doesn't mean like your entire life is accountable to the public. So I think that's why I feel like for artists, especially um, there need to be like boundaries in place, you know, um, so that you, so, so that you, you, you know that 
at certain points in time or in certain spaces, in certain places, you don't have to share everything. You don't have to. That I think this is something that the music therapist and I talked about as well, where she was saying like, you can choose who you want to be open and vulnerable with. You don't have to be open and vulnerable to everyone. And I think that's something that we're all just learning, you know? Yeah. A lot of times, even as like an artist or so, I think I am also quite fearful about like what other people will say about me in a mm. sense, right? So of course. because of that, it also makes me want to want to do be yeah, want to do or like what's that word uh, in English? Like what what wait for here? I would negotiate I would just like give in, you know, I would just give in to certain uh-huh. things. I don't have like my own like boundaries, like in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I, I think like definitely what you said, like it's important to like just set them, know your boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they also it sometimes you also need to be put in a situation where you need to exercise those boundaries. You know that you <laughs> exactly. Don't know that you need it. Then yeah. Then you then there's no then then there isn't an awareness yeah of, of yeah. doing that. Exactly. Recently there, recently there was a post by Chelsea Cutler. I think she oh, I saw. About, yeah. Yeah. Social I, media, right? Yeah. Uh, she thought about the whole idea of that there's like a pressure to show your whole life um, on social media and because that's the most way to be, that's the best way to be engaging or mm. the best way, you know, um, um, because everyone's doing it. But sometimes that also creates that pressure. Like, I think that was what came to mind, you know, when you talk about like that forced accountability or forced vulnerability in that sense. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. uh, like vlogging or, you know, is something that is so... Um, 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 common nowadays not just with like artists but you know as with everyone so it becomes like next trend but then like for some people if you're not you know maybe if you're you're a more private person you don't prefer to to showcase all these things mm-hmm. and and I think so this whole idea of like the the perfect life you know which is like instant like <laughs> don't say don't say the, the actual one let's say like on social media right mm-hmm. like I Social media also creates a lot of like um pressure to look good and to like appear to have it all together. So I think that in itself, like whether it's pictures or videos, like that really like I would compare myself to other people mm-hmm. or like everyone will compare yourself to other people. And it's so easy yeah. to do that. Yeah. You're comparing against like um everyone's best. And you're you're not comparing against one person, you're comparing against like a big ball of like Side of just like random content from everywhere. Yeah. And and sometimes and 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 that is like uh quite a it's very heavy. I think it becomes very heavy. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I start to like okay, start to go back to my point number one, which is to be grateful for my journey. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's like when you're measuring your your growth, you're measuring your process, actually you're you're measuring against yourself. Mm-hmm. You might have someone or like someone or a certain like point that you are aiming towards. But in terms of like how you're progressing is against yourself. Sometimes these perspectives get gets like clouded or like gets um gets gets poisoned by mm-hmm. social media patients. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is also something that I mean you hear people talking about it a lot, but it's not until you really like have that awareness and you realize like this is happening to me as well, this is affecting me, that you realize you need to do something about it. And I think not enough people have that awareness because 
so many people just rely on social media like so much that they don't they kind of don't take care of like their mental health. They don't realize like how it affects uh, their mental health. So um, it was great of you to point that out as well. Yeah, I think I, one of the last things I wanted to talk about was um, imposter syndrome because I feel like this is something that artists like face a lot because um, you ha- as, a, as we've talked about a lot, like you have to be vulnerable but in being vulnerable there's like a lot of self-doubt and there's a lot of feeling like um like you shouldn't be in this position you know what I mean um and like I'm sure this is something you've faced before could you share you know some experiences with it and like how you dealt with it oh all the time Uh, (laughs) true and true (laughs) wow 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 okay Uh, no it's in the feeling of like I think even even you don't even talk about like um from a from a sh- sharing a story point of view. Even from like doing music, it's like I just think like I mm. suck. What a <laughs> Aww. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow, I think like, good enough because like um like where I'm at, you know, I'm like wow, you know, I I really feel like like I think this is something I'm also maybe in the process of overcoming. Like the reason why sometimes I like I I would like at this point of time I wouldn't go into teaching at all because I just feel like I have nothing to give or like I'm still learning or I don't feel mm. like in a position where right. I'm good somebody for me la, I don't know I think many artists also feel that way like they don't feel like they're good enough yeah mm-hmm. uh, um like there are thousand and one billion reasons for me to say like why I'm not good enough and also in the context of like sharing about like my stuff also is that I haven't had it all together. What right, you know, how come I have the right to like, you know, share a certain issue mm-hmm. because I'm not an expert at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned, like, I think just uh, the other time, a lot of times the stories in which I choose to share are things where uh, that I'm quite comfortable to share with, um, share with the public already. Like mm-hmm. I really process it within myself, within my close friends. So I'm also, I'm, I, uh, in terms of the issues that I'm talking about, I'm quite, I'm in a position to like overcome <laughs> this. Yes, and I've already dealt with 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 this. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that gives me puts me in a better place to like deal with it. But I think in general, this whole imposter syndrome is quite prevalent. La. I think so. La. I think so. I I I to be really honest, also, is like I think I should have more of these conversations with fellow artists, also. But mm-hmm. sometimes it might be. A- <laughs> you gotta push past the awkwardness <laughs> I do yeah think, i don't think like if i feel it if some of my like uh uh the people who i've talked to also feel it uh creatives or even i find that i mean i don't want to be maybe maybe it's, i mean i throw it out to you so maybe I, i'm not sure if this is the case but i realize that imposter syndrome happens quite a lot in guys in men yeah quite a lot because um of maybe I feel uh, maybe it's also a societal thing. Societal mm-hmm. pressure on like men to perform, to do well, right? I think mm-hmm. for like, in the context of even love in a relationship, a lot of the time it wouldn't be like for a girl it would be like, oh, do do you love me? But for a guy, the question, like even for myself in a relationship or even in doing life, I'm always asking myself, am I good enough? Mm. Yeah. Ah, and, and, I see, I see. It's always mm. like, am I Am I good enough um, in terms of like uh, my achievements? Am I good enough as a person? Am I good mm-hmm. enough as a human being? 
Yeah. Right, so right. This is something that I'm also like still processing, like, working on. Um, this syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I see. I mean, I I think that actually it's probably equally faced in guys and girls. It's just that it's processed in a different way or like it comes it comes out in different situations because for example, like, I mean, I've, I've seen some research where um, for example, if you're applying for a job, um, you look at the criteria of what's required for this job scope. Usually women would only go for the job. They, they will only apply for the job if they meet meet hundred percent of the criteria. Whereas research have shown that like men are more likely to go for the job, even if they only meet, I think it's like either 50% or 80% of the criteria. So I think in that comparison in itself, you do see that women are, you know, they they definitely do um, have imposter syndrome because they're kind of feeling like I need to really be like this. I need to be exactly what this outline says I am. If not, I'm not good enough for this job. Whereas guys would just go for it. And that shows that they do have the confidence in that situation to go for that job. So, I mean, I think it's diff- like, for example, I that, that's very interesting what you shared about being in a relationship and what you are asking and what the girl is asking in that in that relationship so maybe it comes out at different times but definitely another thing i was going to say is that i think imposter syndrome happens most um when you have you have a pathway that's very um obvious very public to follow um and that's why and obviously that's why it happens a lot with artists because you have so many people that you could compare yourself to, that you are encouraged to compare yourself to. And you have a pathway there because everything is public. Like you see, I don't know, like Jay Cho or something all the way up there, you know, doing this, doing that. And then he gets here, he gets there. Every artist, their strategy is more or less like public, you know, so you can see exactly how it happens and how you go about, um, how you go about to like achieve your goals, even though you don't have, the full picture but you have an aim that you're like oh i want to be signed to warner i want to like have a have a regional tour you know all that kind of things that's all information that's easily accessible and i think that plus the unhealthy um need for um artists to be like accountable to the public and have this public image i think it all comes together to like make imposter syndrome like a real a real problem um and definitely when i talk with my friends who are artists they are also feeling this way personally i actually (laughs) up until recently i didn't really feel it (laughs) because i think like with a lot of the things that i do i realized there's actually no roadmap especially for the way that i've done things because i was like so isolated in perth and like no one has ever done what i've done before like where you know they're like traveling everywhere and like going into these random you know random random projects at in this method so because there was no one to compare myself to I felt like okay it's it's not it wasn't so bad maybe sometimes but not a lot but especially recently with like the indigo thing that was the time where I felt the most imposter syndrome. I was like, oh my God, I'm literally not good enough to do this. <laughs> yeah. So that was an interesting, um, it was an interesting uh, realization for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But have you managed to like process that? On your yeah. Own? Yeah. I mean, 
it mostly happened when I was like in the process of recording like the speaking parts and I was like like holy shit like I'm not like I'm not a DJ what am I doing you know um but then I told myself like legit you just need to get it done because you want this you want to do this so just do it you know it doesn't matter and then that's how I got through that process yeah and then I think it's it's better now it was just in that uh in that production process and putting the entire show together and realizing like, Oh, this is actually happening. Um, that was something that was um, going through my mind and probably because radio is a more established like form. And there were other, you know, other DJs, not only like within Indigo, but other DJs that I've heard. And I feel like they're all doing some really cool stuff. So yeah, I think that was mainly where it stemmed from, but I think you just have to tell yourself like, you you want this you want to do this so just do it yeah doesn't matter what anyone else thinks yeah yeah and i think what you just said really is is good like i think the way to combat that is to tell yourself like what is your like why do you want to do this in the first place i think a lot of times mm-hmm. like way out true right you go back yeah. to your choose your, your like where it all started yeah i think it starts with like a desire or you feel Sometimes it's also like you feel that you want to do this because also maybe even f- from a more like strategic point of view, it's like I'm doing this so that I can have certain uh, visibility or certain like um, understanding about this part of like, or understanding about doing that, wh- whatever it is, you know, I, I'm just speaking really generic. Mm-hmm. Uh, gen- yeah. And if you minus out all the comparisons, then actually it's just, it comes from, there is a reason why you did that. Or the, why you want to even do that? It could yep. be uh, uh, so. Going back to that would always like help to reset the mind, yeah, and, and not too like uh, affected or bogged down by, like, yeah, the or like the expectation stuff. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Like just figuring out like why you're doing this, and then it will help you push through. And then the second thing that I think really helped me was like you just need to get this over with. Like, and I think that's also in relation to the theme of like, this feeling won't last forever. And I think in general with mental health, that's also something that's um, really important that you keep telling yourself because if you're feeling bad at one point in time, like you just have to tell yourself it will be over at some point. You don't know when, but it will. And I think that's something that has helped me like um, when I'm feeling down as well. Yeah. So those two things in that in in that situation for imposter syndrome. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Sorry, I have one last question. Do you think that you consider all independent artists as entrepreneurs or only some? And like, why? Yes. I don't know <laughs> if I need to expound on this, but I, I strongly believe that every artist, if they're doing it, whether it's a full-time or part-time thing, when you're doing, you're releasing music, I think... Okay, the way I entered into doing it, I did approach it from a very entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial like mindset going yep. to it because I needed to make sure I was um just <laughs> in terms of like financial situation, like I just make sure that like I was in the black, like I don't want to be at a loss, right? So my input yep. output, mm-hmm. yeah. So the way I saw it also, and I think right now what I'm whatever I'm doing also is building towards a sustainable future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking about that, like from a very practical standpoint, I think it is very similar to like what 
um, building a business would be like um, so I think like having a bit more of like business perspective is 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 definitely helpful uh, for a lot of artists mm-hmm. the only thing is that I think maybe this also I think I'm fortunate because I I this was something that I studied uh, back in school so I was able mm-hmm. to bring in like the soft skills that I learned in 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 um in higher education in university mm-hmm. into whatever I was doing. Yeah. But I, I also know that a lot of um um artists might not be empowered with such knowledge. But I think yep. um if then coins learn, right? Like how you what, might pick up the instruments or pick up, you know, recording stuff. Uh YouTube is great. So um and there are quite a lot of like um uh resources assets mm-hmm. you know that that um like i think a local there's there's one uh quite good um uh, uh instagram page uh as, as, as a local one called the woke salary man there's oh nice, okay like is that for creatives or just general uh, general no, they do okay. talk about answers they do talk about like you know having your own like balance sheet and, mm. and things like this is also important. And I think one thing that I also am looking more into is to um, look more at like statistics in terms of like marketing stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, my own growth, um, my um, my audience growth, my listener base, um, demographics, these kind of things. I mean, a lot of times it's quite easy, easily accessible from the tools available, whether mm-hmm. it's through... Uh, uh, all the DSPs or you know your aggregate ag- the the aggregator you're in, but mm-hmm. I think having your own um, tracker um, that's something I am personally trying to get into. So nice, right nice. So I, think, I think yeah, important. It's kind of like um, you can't escape it, lah. I think um, I think in 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 an ideal world, you want this to be done by maybe uh, if you're in a if if you have a team behind you, then it would be. All this is done by one person, like, You know, doing more of yeah. like, the finance, like, the admin, the admin, and also like the marketing uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but I yeah. think as independent, if you're alone, if you're if you're doing this um, yourself, then these are things that um, apart from the creation of music, the distribution of music, and all of that, this is also something that is is good to understand a little bit more about mm, mm. yeah very very good advice um very frankly from my experience even if they have a team i don't know if they're thinking about those things that you just mentioned <laughs> so i think you're in a very very good place at the moment and um hopefully i think for artists it's like kind of a balance because they have to kind of maintain that creative mindset when they're and you know what we spoke about like being vulnerable being able to tell your story and then switching very quickly to like you know the business perspective um and obviously this isn't always necessary so for example if like if you just love music like you don't really want to do you don't really want to make money from it that's it then fine you know do it your way but if you are wanting to make money from it and like have it be sustainable as your career then I think these are definitely things that you need to think about. But I feel like some artists, maybe because they don't have the soft skills that you have, or there's just like a mental block there that they're like, oh, I don't want to lose my creative side. So maybe I don't want to go over into that territory or something like that. Um, I think it, it it hinders a lot of artists and everyone needs to find, 
I think they need to find their own way there in order to achieve like sustainable success. Because even someone once said to me something uh, which I thought was really, really, uh, really good, which was that all artists are independent artists. Even if you are part of like a major label or something like that, uh, which makes a lot of sense because like before you sign with the label, you are an independent artist and you have negotiating power. You have things that they want. That's why you enter into that relationship. And when you are in that relationship, you are still doing negotiating. And I think the entire music industry is moving towards that focus on artists because major labels no longer have the pool that they did before. They are really just leveraging off artist talent and just providing like the funding, but they don't have the ideas anymore. They don't have the creative side because of like social media disrupting everything. So I think artists are even more empowered nowadays to make their own decisions and they should be educated in making those decisions, as you mentioned. Yeah. Because every artist is representing themselves, then there is a certain need to be to have a certain entrepreneurial mindset whether yes. it's like a small skill or big skill um like for myself i'm working towards like of course like a career in in a sustainable career in music that's my goal but even for let's say like i just want to release my music there needs to be also some kind of like um i think it will help la. i think mm-hmm. um, maybe i i know i know of some people who are like okay i just want to make sure a song is out but i mean okay even if, if 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 let's say you 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 put out a music like and and maybe there's a cost to it right even if you let's say um to give an example um if you're if you're let's say you do a a, a normal a, a corporate job and you also have like a side hobby you also kind of like know your finances you know how much you spend on that hobby or if you're like buying a gift for yourself for example watches right you also mm-hmm. go and do research on the watch the value so in the same way, you would do that for music, right? Like, <laughs> like there's a certain basic level of, like, of of maybe debt, like yeah. business. So, um, yeah. I think it's something to consider, lah, for 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 everyone. I think a lot of time is like the again is always like the expectations that will hinder the person from getting started. Um, mm. Is that me? It's like, oh my gosh, I need to do like a wonderful Excel of like, like yeah. everything is so, but yeah. Like, Maybe maybe not. Maybe I just need to get started. Yes. Yes. What. And then as I go along, I can always like improve on it. Or if I don't need to improve, it's okay. Like anything that like there's there's some kind of tracker. Yeah, you know, as long or, as you have something, right? Uh, or like some kind of like a sheet, you know, to 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 make sure you you kind of know um you know, to monitor, you know. It's also a good way to also like track your own growth and also to be able to like no, I think like budgeting is also so good because it's like you can then you know how much you need to put in or put out. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, these are things. Like, yeah, very, very, very I, I think it's very important, lah. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I would love to share more about this with 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 others who want get get started. Actually, this is something that I think if anyone like even content creation and so it's like you need to know like your costs and like not uh, of course uh m- monetarily but also like time as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think i hope that that little conversation inspires some artists to like take that step because i was also like for me it's very hard to encourage artists to change their mindset because they kind of feel like oh well i have like 
it's coming from me as someone who's like in the business. So they're like, okay, why can't someone like you do it for me? <laughs> you know, but I really like when it's someone like an artist telling other artists, I think that's the thing that's going to make like the most impact. So thank you for sharing that. Mm, yeah. He got a, he got a like, yeah. Rep, yeah. Yeah. Every artist is an independent artist. That's a good word. Then. Yes, it is. It, it was actually told to me by a artist called Hollis. Yeah, she's really cool. Anyway, I, I think that concludes our interview for today. Thank you so much, Marcus, for joining us. Do you want to share about what's coming up next for you? <laughs> I, I just released the debut album, my debut album, uh, For You I Can, Um, last year. And this year is more of like just continuing to release alternative versions of the, the tracks that, 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 that I released. So you can look out for those. And to be honest... This year is is quite interesting. I'm just like in the process of like writing and like working towards like what what's coming up next. I'm trying to get more collaborations, you know, done. So maybe like uh yeah, just working with different people and um whether it's artists or even like producers. So um it's a it's quite a an open roadmap for now. Yeah. For mm-hmm. for, for, for and uh I'm excited lah. So if you want to follow me on this journey, you can follow me on my social media, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. I'll put your links down below. Thank you so much, Marcus. Thanks. The Level Up Podcast is brought to you jointly by Blossoming Bridge Creative and Asian Pop Weekly. Be sure to follow on our socials at Asian Pop Weekly and also check out our website if you're looking for more Mandarin or Asian music content. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, be sure to like, subscribe and follow and we'll see you on the next one.